Welcome to Mind and Soul Matters. I'm Farah Feeney. Through conversations with everyday people, Mind and Soul Matters, a Baha'i-inspired podcast, aims to broaden our understanding of mental health and spirituality and to deepen our insights into the challenges and meaning of our lives. Our guest today is Maya. Maya was born in Northern Ireland and arrived in Australia at the age of two, accompanied by her loving parents. Maya had a happy childhood until the age of 15, when her life took a turn. And as Maya once said to me, suffering is the main trigger point for compassion and hope. Welcome, Maya. It's great to have you here. Thanks for having me, Farah. I'm really looking forward to having a soulful conversation with you about the challenges you've faced in your life and how you've responded and what impact they've had on who you are today. So let's start with the event in your life that has had the most significant impact on your mind and your soul. So I would say that the major event that's had a really big impact on my mind and soul is the passing away of my mother when I was 15. So this kind of had some long-term effects and some short-term effects and it's kind of led me into interesting ways of thinking about the world and about life. So what would be some of the short-term effects and the long-term effects? So the short-term effects, I kind of describe it as being encased in a block of ice when you, you know, from the moment that my mum passed away, like this kind of sense of numbness and being, yeah, in this block of ice and then taking a long, long time, I would say about 10 years to kind of thaw out from this, this numb feeling. And yeah, so the short term effects was kind of like pretending like nothing had happened and pretending like everything was okay. And, and I guess for the most part, I did feel, you know, for, for a short time that it was okay and that I was getting on with life, but a kind of close death such as, you know, like your mum's death is something that you can't really just kind of like get over that quickly. Mm. <laughs> it takes, it takes time and it takes kind of, it takes self-compassion and it takes, I think, friendship and community and, knowing knowing about the process of grieving Hmm. so what happened after feeling numb what was that process yeah so it was a very gradual process and it took that time to to start to understand what was what was going on and um, why I'd been feeling so kind of disjointed such a long time or I'd been feeling so kind of numb and kind of not being able to understand my emotions and I guess after a period of about 10 years like it was this slowly slow thawing out process it was definitely not overnight there were a few key moments of course but it was definitely this process of just day day by day just starting to understand a bit more about what grief means and and having that compassion to to even reach out to yourself and try and understand what what you're going through but basically after that 10-year period I started to feel a lot more connected to my mum, not only in the sense of believing that her spirit is still in existence and is still 
here and constantly present within within me and in my life. But also, um, I guess, in a more physical sense, like I, I actually sound a lot like my mum and I talk like I talk a lot like her and I some some people say I walk like her mm. and I laugh like her. So I've kind of ended up embodying her a little bit just kind of, I guess, through, as I've grown up. And that kind of experience makes me really feel connected to her and it, it kind of it shelters me like I feel like it shelters me under her kind of protection and, and her kind of radiance and I think it took a long time for me to acknowledge that within myself but I've definitely started to see that radiance that I that I used to see in her I've started to see that in myself as well mm. so that's quite a big step forward from being quite punishing and punitive about the way I'd been around my mum when I was when she was passing away when she was slowly dying from cancer to then realizing that all those things are just in the past and it's okay to it's okay to feel those things but it's also okay to feel alive and happy and glad about um, all the experiences that she gave me and the current experiences that I'm, I'm having that I kind of I feel very are very much connected to her. Mm. Can you describe a little bit more about that guilt, what the guilt was about, what actually happened? It's probably quite normal to feel um, regret and guilt when someone close to you has passed away. I felt it a lot because as a 15-year-old I'd been quite like a bit prickly and a bit insular and not like, you know, I mean, as a lot of teenagers are, they're, you know, often in 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 the kind of throes of hormonal change. And so I was definitely not like caring for her in the way that I now think I would have would have liked to have been. So yeah, there was one one moment when she was on a lot of morphine in the palliative care unit and my aunt was there and my sister was there and my dad was there and and yeah, basically we were all kind of we were all sleeping in the palliative care kind of bedroom that they they provided for my mum and I decided that like it was we were all going around in turns kind of staying holding my mum's hand throughout the night even though she wasn't really that conscious we were all we were all providing her with that support and we were holding her hand and um, when it came to my turn it was I know one o'clock in the morning or something like that and I just just refused to kind of get out of bed (laughs) and that plagued me for such a long time afterwards and it you know it still is something that's a bit of a tender spot because I guess she was in so much pain at that point, you know, physical pain. And I'm sure she was grappling in her heart with the fact that she was, you know, about to die. And and so for me, that that kind of, that moment kind of signified my own struggle to to care for her and to be there for her. And that, that was a quite a, yeah, a moment that I've often felt regret and remorse around. But going from that to now feeling this sense of connection has been quite a journey and it's been a journey of, forgiving myself and realizing that, you know, I always thought I needed her forgiveness, but really she is such a radiant, she doesn't feel the need to forgive me, I don't think, because I, yeah, she just has this constant generous stream of light. And I really feel that now when before I didn't, I, I was really shut off from that a lot. Hmm. And what has been some of the things you that has helped you process through that and do you think spirituality in any way has had a role to play in your journey? Yeah, spirituality has played, I guess, a few different roles. Like there's been, I've been really constantly in a relationship with with prayer and, and I guess the Baha'i writings, um, but particularly Baha'i prayers. I think I've really gained a lot of solace 
from them. There's like, there's a kind of like intellectual framework you can think about life after death and the fact that we're all going to die and the fact that this life is very fleeting and it's very, it's a short-term thing really. Like it's not, you know, it feels sometimes feel like it can be a long-term thing, but really it's just uh, this moment that we have in this life. And um, basically, so there, there are a few different ways that that kind of, that framework of understanding death and life after death kind of helped me a lot to see that, you know, my mum's, although my mum went through this painful experience of having cancer and other things, she, she, that, that was still only a blip in, in her, in her existence, in, in her long-term kind of eternal existence. So that's quite a beautiful thought to have in the day that I like to remember. And then, yeah, just my connection to prayer has been really strong the last, well, ever since it's happened, like there's a few prayers that I really take seriously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, what does that mean, take seriously? <laughs> <laughs> I guess it means that I'm kind of the person, the type of person who kind of can laugh things off quite easily and make a joke out of things to try and kind of deflect. But in terms of prayer, like I genuinely feel like there's a kind of power and an awe that I find in it that I can't find in anything else and no matter what's what's happening or what's going wrong it's constantly this source of courage and just I guess I also like to think I think it's a self-soothing kind of thing it kind of soothes the soothes the parts of me which are in pain and yeah so when I say I take it seriously I think I just I just don't I don't laugh about it. (laughs) I find it very, very real and it's a real source of help, yeah. Mm. Can you describe what that might feel like when you are praying and that helps you? what, What is that about? Is it about handing it over to God or the universe? Is it about feeling a connection with your mum during those moments? How does that experience feel if it is possible to put into words? Because sometimes it's not possible to put Mm. those things into words. So what is that like for you? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think it's, like I said, it's the self-soothing. It's, well, I mean, you can call it self-soothing or you can just, I think it's this spiritual soothing that happens through the word, the words of God. Um, I think there's, there's some kind of mysterious power in them, which I don't think many people understand, but it's definitely present when I, when I engage with prayer. And then, yeah, the other, the other feelings, I guess, are, yeah, knowing that there's, it kind of connects me with something greater, like not just God, but a kind of greater understanding of, or a greater plan maybe for myself and for my my family and my society. I think I try and, in, you know, when I'm thinking about spirituality, I try and think of it in terms of the relationships we all have with each other and the relationships between the individual with society. And so I think that when I am praying, I'm constantly trying to understand how my my personal suffering or my personal experiences can somehow be transmuted or channeled into some sort of greater understanding of what society is going through and obviously like society is going through a lot Mm. (laughs) so I try and see like the two parallels between my suffering and the suffering of like I guess the community or that I'm in or like like the society that I'm in and that kind of connection and it feels like nothing is wasted even pain is never wasted so yeah Mm. that's kind of my my philosophy on that. Mm. And I said earlier in the introduction that you have said to me before that suffering is the main trigger point for compassion and hope. Mm, yeah. Can you expand on that? Yeah. Well, I think I think around my 
my mum's death and that period of thawing out that I mentioned, I was very hard on myself. And I think compassion has is like an essential part of, of my healing. Compassion is like the only real answer to suffering. And, and not just we can feel compassion to others and we can feel compassion towards ourselves. And ultimately, I think those things interlinked, the more compassion we feel towards ourselves, the more compassion we're able to feel for other people and vice versa. So yeah, I think that there's a lot of, I think we live in a very harsh world and the more compassionate we can be is um, the more the more we can understand where other people are coming from, particularly people that we don't feel we like very much, <laughs> which can sometimes be other people, can sometimes be ourselves. But yeah, basically that I feel like there's, there's you can't really have too much of that. Hmm. Now, this might be putting you on the spot, but it's something I've often thought about and I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it. Do you think it's possible to have compassion, that real deep level of compassion without suffering? Hmm. Wow. (laughs) That's quite a deep question. Um, Without suffering. um, I mean, I don't think... I don't think, I think it's harder. It's much harder to feel unless you're kind of naturally endowed with this, like maybe if you're a, some sort of prophet or saint or something or artist, maybe then maybe I feel like it's really hard to, 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 I like, there's a quote by Khalil Gibran, which I'll be paraphrasing, but he says something to the effect of like the more that pain digs into your being or like carves into your being, the more joy you can contain. Mm. And I think that that, I think that's probably like a bit of an equation. Like I, I actually do think the more suffering you've had is, the, the is is kind of equates to having more compassion. But that's not to say that there are that, that that there aren't exceptions to that. I think, I think there are probably lots of people who are able to, and I think that the the thing of framing what suffering is like, the people suffer in so many different kinds of ways. Like some people, it's this hardship and it's this kind of like poverty and. And yet they're very happy in other ways. And then other people, it's if they're they're kind of materially okay and they're well off and they're, they're but they 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 experience extreme forms of suffering in maybe in the form of depression or in the form of I guess uh, sometimes it can be yeah just that kind of emotional uh, feeling lost or feeling um, alienated from other people. So yeah, I think I think it's really important not to kind of think of suffering in any one kind of way because it's it's not it's really such a diverse thing and it can happen in so many different ways but ultimately I think you know at the, at the root of it it's 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 the one thing it's like this kind of it's this core thing but then there's like it manifests itself in lots of different ways so mm-hmm. yeah and I think everyone does suffer I think it's kind of a fundamental part of being human. Suffering is definitely part of life at some stage we all go through challenges and difficulties and they might look different at different phases of our life but yeah as you said it's definitely part of our life. Maya what would you say to someone who might be going through challenges or loss of a parent and you went through that at such a vulnerable age at the age of 15 and it has been a process for you as it is for anyone going through such a loss. Mm. What would you say to someone who might be going through something like that? You know for anyone who's going through struggles I think it's so easy to become insular and um, internalize everything and, and blame yourself for things that really aren't just part of life and not to do with you. And I think 
trying to befriend yourself and uh, maybe look outwards, look to the world around you. Baha'u'llah says, do not busy yourselves with your own concerns. Fix your gaze upon that which will rehabilitate the fortunes of mankind. And I think that's obviously a very grand vision for when you're going through something quite intense and emotional and painful. But really, I think the essence of that for me is like, yes, we are suffering, but there's, there's always a way of channeling that into something beautiful and good. And whether that's for you um, writing poetry or whether it's playing sport or doing woodwork or cooking, like whatever it might be, I think there's always a way of really connecting to your your inner power through activities I really believe in like I never really used to believe in activities I <laughs> when my parents used to make me do like crafts and arts and like all sorts of things I would just like not want to do it but basically I think there's a, such a power in just doing things and yeah getting out there into the world and um, it's very empowering and it's very healing Hmm. It's connecting with that spirituality, whatever that spirituality might mean for us. That's right. And I think the other thing that from what you've shared that I'm taking away is that it is a process that when we are in the depth of that grief and sadness, there can be a whole lot of emotions for, for you. It was guilt. And for some people, it might be anger, um, depression. So there can be a whole range of emotions. And at that time, it might be a good idea to even and reach out and connect to mental health services, to a therapist, to a counsellor, as well as reaching out to our support people around us. And it is about being patient and hopeful because your story has hopefully given hope to people out there that might be going through a, a significant loss or a trauma. Mm. Thank you so much. Maya for sharing your story and really appreciate it and I'm sure people listening have been very touched by your story. Oh you're welcome thanks for having me on the show. And if it's okay with you I'd love to dedicate today's episode in memory of your mum. Oh that would be so beautiful thank you. Thanks so much and thank you also to our listeners and our great team who work behind the scenes to bring mind and soul matters to you. If today's episode has raised any concerns for you, please contact your local mental health service. And for our listeners in Australia, please contact Lifeline on 13 11 14. If you've enjoyed today's episode, remember to click on subscribe on your preferred podcast app and share with friends. For any comments or feedback, please email mindandsoulmatters at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you.